Listen to me, mister. Your charm doesn't work on me. I'm on to you. Oh, of course you like him. Well, yeah. He worships you people. And that's fine by you as long as he helps make you rich. Rich? I don't think so. Listen to we me. Si He's a smart, good-hearted, 15-year-old kid with infinite potential. This is not some apron-wearing mother you're speaking to. I know all about your Valhalla decadence, and I shouldn't have let him go. He's not ready for your world of compromised values and diminished brain cells that you throw away like confetti. Am I speaking to you clearly? Yes, yes, ma'am. Welcome to Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. My name is Eric. Sitting across from me is Arwen. And we are the family-friendly podcast that talks about rated R movies and a little bit more. Today's movie is one of our favorites. Yeah. We call it Almost Famous. Well, I think they called it Almost Famous as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, it's Almost Famous. Directed by Cameron Crowe in 2000. Rated R, two hours, two minutes long. And you can see this right now on Hulu. Unless you're listening to this in the future, then hello, our galactic overlords. <laughs> what? Okay, so, who is Cameron Crowe? Cameron Crowe is a writer slash director. He worked for Rolling Stone when he was really young, and he toured with bands. And this is one of his stories. Yeah, it's based off of his life. Yeah, it's semi-autobiographical. Um, this stars Billy Crudup. What's the other guy's name? Patrick Fugit, Kate Hudson, and Francis McDormand. Sprinkled with a lot of other well-known names as well. Yeah. So what do we know about the our main character? William? Yeah. Uh, he believes that he is a year older than what he is at the beginning. Because his mother has told him that he's... 12. No, they they told him that he's 13. Oh, yeah. So he's, so he's actually 11. Yeah, he's actually two years younger than what he thought yep. he was. Could you imagine? Yeah. That's um, just crazy. This movie starts up with uh, the Chipmunks Christmas Time is Here. I love this song. I have no idea whoever came up with this recording abomination Known as the Chipmunks. You don't like it? I hate it. I love it. it. It is terrible. Whoever thought of it needs to have their uh, their uh, testicles caved in. Well, that's harsh. Yeah, it is harsh. And that's exactly how I feel. Did you not like Alvin and the Chipmunks cartoon when no, you were in the 80s? No, I didn't. I never watched it. It was annoying. Oh, you poor soul. No, you poor soul for <laughs> listening to it. It is ear rape. All right, William is a is a writer, uh huh, and he is basically our main character. We catch him when he's very young. Uh, he's going to middle school. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, his sister's basically eighteen. She's a little rebellious. This is Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, Zoe Deschanel, weird girl, but you know she pops up in movies. And it's a little weird. Yeah, but she's always good in them. And I think she does a really good job in this this particular movie. Yeah, me too. She's rebellious. She comes home late one day and she's already eaten. And her mom, who is played by Frances McDormand, you know her from Fargo, mostly. And more, most recently, three billboards uh -huh. out of Ebbing, Missouri. And Raising Arizona is one of my favorite characters she's ever done. The swinger wife? Yes. That's weird. <laughs> she's so funny. You gotta get your dip tap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we gotta get our dip tap, honey. <laughs> the mother is weird. She's yes. liberal slash conservative at the same time. She's very protective of her kids. I think it's because she's a college professor and she's around college-age kids all right. the time. They're all doing drugs. They're all having sex. They're all having problems. She doesn't want her kids to have any of those problems. Problem is, her daughter wants all those problems. Oh, yeah. She wants to go out and experience life. So when she turns 18, what does she do? She leaves. She leaves home, moves to San Francisco. They live in San Diego. They move to, she moves to San Francisco and becomes a stewardess. Mm -hmm. And 
there's just some weird stuff going on. So it's the 1960s. Yeah, I think we open in 1969. Yes. We see the mom and, and William talking a lot about uh, literature and Shakespeare, mm-hmm. intellectual things, because the boy's a freaking genius. Yes. He skipped kindergarten, and he skipped the second grade or something like that. But when the daughter comes home for the first time, I'm, re- I'm rewinding because this is kind of an important part, is that she has something under her jacket. Right. And what's under her jacket? A Simon and Garfunkel record. Now, for those of you that don't know this, a record is like an iPad, but only one band and... Uh, so only very limited songs. Yeah. One album. One album. And it's she's vinyl. like, they're on drugs. Well, how can you tell? She points to their eyes. Know, they they so got funny. dilated pupils, I guess. She goes, <laughs> drugs, drugs. We've seen people like this. I've known lots of people who have villainized rock and roll music to the point of if you listen to one crazy jungle beat, you're going to go to hell. But they'll listen to country music, which has almost the same exact sound, except fiddles and crap. Well, almost the same lyrics or, you know, meanings. and Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing different other than your taste in music, mm-hmm. really. So... This is when they get into an argument. Yeah. And soon afterwards, she just decides that she's going to leave. Right. And she says, feck you. <laughs> and she's like, language. And she goes, I said feck. What's the difference? And William goes, the letter U. <laughs> I like so that. Funny. That kind of That kind of like shows us where this movie's going. Uh-huh. It's not going to be a heady drama, mean spirited, right. anything. This movie has over 50 songs. It tripled the budget of a regular movie with just music. Mm-hmm. They they spent $3.5 million on music in this movie, where they usually spend about $1.5 million right. on music. Well, this kind of, th- this movie particularly, the music is so important to Cameron Crowe and the storytelling because each song fits a scene and sometimes during a scene you'll hear a song switch yeah and you're like oh we're we're changing dynamic here the story's changing somehow right and you know you 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 pay attention to that or you may not pay attention to it and not even realize it right and um there music plays a it is the front of this line mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. um the story kind of has a background kind of deal to it but the music is right up front right and it's because Cameron crow worked for rolling stone this is his baby cool story is he shopped this script around and uh when he got to DreamWork, which is spielberg owned mm-hmm. spielberg called him and says you need to direct every line of this script oh wow and Cameron Crowe did, mm-hmm. for the most part. They've cut out a little bit, a couple things. Um, there's a Stairway to Heaven scene, oh. like a movie. Um, uh-huh. In the movie, they play Stairway to Heaven. But it's not in the movie. It got cut for time. Oh, okay. Because this movie is already over two hours long. It's it's long, yeah. But it's entertaining the whole time. Right. When, uh, when William's sister leaves, and I don't know her name. I'm going to call her Julie. I don't know her name. Um, Anita. Anita. Okay, great. Her name's Anita. And when she leaves, she gives William a hug and he whispers in her ear, uh, check under your bed. It'll open your mind or something like that. Yeah. So he does. Mm -hmm. So the next scene is kind of a montage of him going through this vinyl. These are all... Real vinyl records that Cameron Crowe owns mm. that his sister gave him. Oh, They're the originals. That's so sweet. And what was it? There was a note on, uh, I think, Led Zeppelin 2 that said, uh, when you listen to this, light a candle. And you'll see your whole future. And you'll see your whole future. Yeah. She whispered to him at one point, too. One day you'll be cool. Yeah. And he never is. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I think Cameron Crowe is kind of cool. He directed a couple of my favorite movies. Yeah. Um, Jerry Maguire. Oh. Yeah. Vanilla Sky. I really like that one. Yeah. Um, he wrote Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Really? Yeah. Was that another thing from his uh, life story or no just clue. fictional? No clue. Huh. So now we get a flash forward. Yeah, it's 1973. My birth year. <laughs> and we meet up with a guy. Uh, what's his name? Lester Bang. Lester Bang. Played by Mr. Philip Seymour Hoffman. It was so nice to see him again. Yeah. He had done Twister. Yes. Before this. And probably Boogie Nights. Yeah, I don't know. So he has a filmography that is building. And he's known for playing these characters. So in Twister, he plays a doofus. In Boogie <laughs> the Nights. The best doofus. Yeah. In Boogie <laughs> Nights, he plays... Kind of a dumb cameraman slash gay guy. Oh, okay. Um, it's been a while since I've seen that. Oh, it's a it's a wonderful movie and crazy. Also, Mark Wahlberg still can't act. <laughs> so he's he's talking, Lester Bang is talking in a radio station and he's talking about music and how she's like talking about one band. He goes, no, that band doesn't take risks. That band wants to look like this band mm -hmm. and he's wearing a guess who shirt yeah american woman you know right that's that's the guess who and he goes now the guess who they know they're idiots <laughs> and they sing about it you know <laughs> stuff like that and then he pulls out lou reed and says hey we're gonna no it was iggy pop sorry yes. he pulls out an iggy pop record he goes we're gonna play this right now and she goes don't you think it's a little too early for that and she's like he's like no i find it funny that's like a sign of the times that you could only play certain music after certain hours. Yeah. Which there was a great show in the 80s called WKRP in Cincinnati. Right. I remember them specifically having that same rule. They could only play certain music yeah. during certain parts of the day. Mm -hmm. And the harder it was, the later it had to be, it seemed right. like. Yeah. Or the more controversial yes. it is. So where are we here is... Uh, Lester Bang is a uh, columnist for Cream Magazine. Yes. Cream Magazine is a rock and roll magazine that William loves to read, and he sends stuff to them all the time. So he meets up with Lester. Lester's like, "Oh, you, you know, you're that writer. Yeah, you're, you're young. Blah blah blah. Um, what grade are you in, kid? I'm in high school. Whatever." And then he basically goes to brush him off. Yeah, he says, he says, I don't, I don't need all my fans bothering me today. And there's, it's just William. Yes. And then the next scene is they're eating at a, at yeah, a diner. They're at a deli or something <laughs> like that. And they're having, you know, whatever. So he's telling them about the music industry and whatnot, whatnot. He offers him $35 for a thousand word paper. Yes. Which that seems pretty good pay for a teenager for a in the 70s. Yeah. You know, yeah. people were working in restaurants for a dollar an hour. Yeah. So that's good money. Right. And all he had to do was go to a uh, Ozzy Osbourne um, Black, Black Sabbath. Sabbath concert mm -hmm. and and just, you know, do an interview, maybe get do a story on that concert. Mm -hmm. Not a problem. He gets a press pass. No, no. He just gets he a just magazine goes and there. is told to go there. <laughs> yep. Now, I think Lester did this intentionally. Okay. Because he wanted to see how far William would go. Yeah, I could I could understand that. So, see if he's serious. So William's dropped off at the concert by his mom. So cute. And his mom says she loves him. Don't do drugs. And don't do drugs. And then all the people surrounding him was like, "Yeah, we won't do drugs either." <laughs> don't you know? do drugs. Yeah. So it's just real funny kind of interaction. And so she's like, oh, he's going to do drugs or something like that. <laughs> she's terrified that he's going to do something yes. salacious. Yes. She wants him to be a lawyer. He's smart enough for it. Yeah. Here's a silly fact that I read about. Cameron Crowe, his mother, visited the set of this movie and... He wanted to keep Francis away from his mother. That makes sense. So that she wasn't going to be influenced by that interaction. Right. 
Unfortunately, he had a small emergency, had to leave. When he came back, Francis and his mother were sitting down and having dinner together and talking about Cameron and when he was a little boy. Oh, that's so, so funny. So she kind of kind of took a little bit from her, from her mm-hmm. but not a lot. I mean, it was okay. Sometimes it's not a bad idea to see the source material. No. In fact... I would want to have studied her a little bit. It's kind of like the Goldbergs. The Goldbergs or Bernie. Yeah, Bernie. Bernie. Yeah. So he's trying to get into this concert. Yes. And it's pretty funny because he's a little kid, basically. Yeah, he's 14 years old. He's 15. 15. And he's trying to get in through the backstage area. And the guy's like, you're not on the list. You're not coming in. Right. Which is what any security guard would do. And so he... He hits the buzzer again, and he's holding up the magazine at this point. He goes, uh-huh. I'm writing for... And he doesn't, he doesn't care. care. So he leaves and goes up to the top of the ramp. Yeah, he's told to go to go stand with the girls at the top of yeah. the ramp, which is pretty funny. This is a great interaction. And then we, I, I put down Enter Penny Lane. Yes. Penny Lane is played by Kate Hudson. Mm-hmm. She is like the most beautiful person in the world in this movie. Mm-hmm. Blonde hair with the little curlies. Yeah. She's adorable. Glasses. Very pretty. Crop tops, shorts, uh-huh. skirts, boots, whatever. Yeah. Good looking. Another person in this group is Anna Paquin. Yes. She's famous for True Blood. Another one is that girl from Return to Oz. I never know her name. Her name is really difficult. Yeah. It's... um. I feel like it's Faruka or Faruza Bulk. There. There you go. And I also read that uh, that girl from the NCIS show. Oh. The little punk girl. Uh-huh. She's in the movie, too. Oh, I didn't She's either. credited in IMDb anyway. Interesting. So. There's a ton of extras roaming around in this movie. Yeah. So he meets Penny Lane. And uh, he calls them groupies. Of course, they're not groupies. They're Band-Aids. Yes. They're Um, like, we don't have sex with the band. Penny Lane is based off of a a real person who Mm -hmm. works in the music industry at at that time in 2000. She was still working in the music industry. And uh, they weren't called Band-Aids. They were called something else. But Mm -hmm. they weren't groupies. They probably did Penny Lane is definitely a groupie, though. Yeah. Her story is difficult. Yes. She goes down there with uh, all the girls. Yes. And they go in. And she tries to bring, you know, William. Yep. William's not allowed in. Nope. And so he's lucky enough to be outside when the opener band shows up. Right. And this is a band uh, known as Stillwater. Yep. Now, I found out through research that Stillwater is a real band, but it wasn't this band. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, this band was actually based off of the Eagles and the Allman Brothers band. Okay. Um, with a little cheap trick. Okay. So you we can kind of hear all those sounds too. Well, there's also interesting things because uh, at one point there's an Allman Brothers poster behind one of the people. There's Allman Brothers T-shirts. So even though they played a, they did play a couple Allman Brothers songs, but it's interesting because. Cameron wanted people to know, this is the Allman Brothers band. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, he, he he meets Stillwater, and he's like, hey, I know you guys, and blah, blah, blah. He says all their names, calls them great, and he says, see you later. And he starts to walk away, and they're like, hey, buddy, come on over here, and uh, we'll, we'll take care of you. And then they get him in. Mm-hmm. They and get him a, press pa- or a backstage pass. Yes. And he... Has the time of his life. Oh, yeah. And Penny eventually comes back and has a uh, pass for him, too. Yeah. She's like, oh, I see you've already gotten one. Uh, One of my favorite (laughs) interactions here, too. She goes, how old are you? And he goes, 18. She goes, me, too. All right, I'm 17. Me, too. Uh Okay, I'm 16. Me, too. Isn't it nice to be honest? Isn't it weird? I'm actually 15. Yeah, and she doesn't go any lower than that. No, she doesn't go any lower. If she was lower than 16, 15, 14... So that was that was the problem I saw with this movie. And it's not a problem of the movie. It's a problem of the era. Right. 
these are teenagers yes following bands and having intercourse with a lot of these people absolutely and being passed around it seems you know with a case of beer and a, and a and couple hundred dollars or something like that yeah and it's just like oh my god like we see that one guy um that's in this is the end yeah jay, jay Birchall or whatever he looks like he's 12 he does he looks really young so young and he's one of the guys that you know travels he's, around he follows led zeppelin around like yeah. a, like a lost dog yeah it's like you should be in school Anna Paquin looks so young. Like, Feruza, she looks old enough to do whatever she wants. Yeah. But all the other girls just look so right. young. Right. So he goes to this concert. He gets invited into their little huddle before they go on. They go on. They sing Fever Dog, which is a song written by his then wife, who is, I want to say, Annie Wilson of Heart. Oh. And Peter Frampton. Interesting. They wrote all of Stillwater's songs. So it was Cameron Crowe's wife? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Cameron Crowe was married until 2010 to Annie Wilson. Interesting. And uh, Peter Frampton owed him for whatever reason. I don't know what the reason is, but Peter Frampton has a cameo in the movie where he is the roadie to the band that he was actually in. Oh, how funny. So it was kind of cool. Kind of funny. So after the concert, Russell invites him to the Riot House in L.A. Mm -hmm. And it's the Continental Hyatt. There's famous stories about this place. Music was written there. Groupies were violated there. Drugs were had. Yeah. Um, I believe Belushi died there. Oh, okay. I mean, there's a lot of history at this Mm -hmm, place. mm -hmm. And apparently... Penny Lane is backdoor given a invite as well. So he brings her to LA. They go to LA together and they go to this Hyatt house, riot house. There's a weird scene though, uh, where he stops and he looks in this doorway and it's just this man and this woman singing. And they represent some folk band that Cameron Crowe wrote about in Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to give them a little bit of, uh, you know, like notice. Like a nod. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I put down Penny and Russell, Cat and Mouse, Sex Affair. Yes. So we get the gist that Penny and Russell already knew each other. Yes. And so them playing this cat and mouse game... Like the eyes. It's a really good scene where their eye. Yes. No, that's not. It's no, not it's, scene. it's it's a different scene, but it's still similar. Yes. They show close ups, hard close ups of each other's face. And uh, Anna Paquin's giving some kind of commentary about, you know, they're, he's trying not to notice her. Yes. He's failing. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. She's trying not to notice him. He, she's failing. Blah, blah, blah. She says, I got to go get some ice. <laughs> so she leaves. Uh-huh. Russell follows. They bang in the ice cooler. And, and William's out in the hallway. He notices. Yeah. And it's like, dude. I know. Don't watch that. I know. And if I was friends with someone like her, I'd have been disturbed. I'd have been sad. Mm-hmm. Because and I think that's he was what sad I want to do to her. <laughs> Just saying. So what's really interesting here is... In this hotel area, I think it is. Yeah. Is it here or is he at home? He gets the call from Rolling Stone. He's at home. Okay. So, so he it's, gets home it's, it's, yeah. And Rolling Stone calls him because they had read the article in Cream Magazine. Yes. And they're like, hey, man, that was a groovy thing you wrote. Blah, and blah, he blah. has a phony adult voice. Yeah, and he's like, hello. <laughs> he sounds like, sounds like Mr. Ed. No. It's, it, um, no, but it's funny. But yeah, he's just given this opportunity out of nowhere yeah uh he's like what's your background journalism he was like yeah yeah it's journalism yeah he he's given a three thousand word assignment yes and they go for seven hundred dollars right and he doesn't say anything because he's speechless and they go okay one thousand dollars right and and (laughs) you notice to uh the rolling stone the guy who called his boss played by rain wilson yes Mm -hmm. rain wilson out of nowhere Yep. A young Rain Wilson. Yeah. I think this was way before The Office. So Rolling Stone wants him to tour with Stillwater and get 
kind of like a puff piece, an interview, yes. something. Mm-hmm. And then we get on this bus. What's funny is the brief interaction between here and when the mother finds out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, no, 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 no. And then she goes, four days. Yeah. And you call me twice a day. Right. And, um, like, immediate in the same sentence. Yeah, it's because she doesn't want to cage him up. Yes. But she has, she feels like she has to because he's still not 18 yet. No, um, he is about to graduate high school. And she's like, you have to, you, you miss no tests. And right. you have to be here for graduation. And he's a smart kid. He's very he's smart. very smart. He probably doesn't even need those tests. No. When we find out later, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Spoilers. So, yes, he gets to go on tour with Stillwater. He gets to ride on the bus. He gets to hang out in their rooms, sort of. Yeah. He, he gets. He has to sleep in the same room as the Band-Aids, though. Yeah. He gets to eat with them. Oh. Sleep. Rolling Stone the, is paying for everything. Yeah, they've given him everything. Mm-hmm. He said, don't ask the band for anything. Yeah. No problem. Mm-hmm. I would have done the same thing. I also would have written something. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, being on tour with his band is very distracting. He wants to interview them one at a time, and he wants to start with Russell. Russell seems like the good guy. Um, Russell is based off of the Eagles' Glenn Fry. Oh, Okay. And who was difficult. Yeah. And fun fact here for people who may not realize it, the actor who plays Russell is Dr. Manhattan in the Watchmen movie. Yeah. So, you know, if you've seen Watchmen and then you go to see this, you're going to be like, oh, wow, that's so weird. It is weird. <laughs> I still don't see it. I mean, I've watched a it's hard clip to today see it. and I just didn't yeah, see it. Because, well, he's, he's got long hair, yeah. you know, the mustache, and, and Watchmen, he's really clean cut, and then he's blue. You know what we forgot to mention is that the lead singer of Stillwater is Jason oh, Lee. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Jason Lee, in every scene he's in, steals the show. He's so good. He's a very good actor. I want him to be in a lot more things, but apparently after doing My Name is Earl, he's got all the money he needs. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he comes out every now and then for a Kevin Smith project, and that's yeah. about it. So yeah, so, yeah, I put down that William Bunks with the, uh, the Band-Aids. He wants Russell to be the first interview, then he was going to interview everybody else. See, this is the in- inexperience of his youth, too. Yeah. It's like, okay, if you can't get this person, move on to the next right. person and come back. Yeah, and, and they're adults and they're treating him like the kid that he is. Yeah. They're, they're pushing him around. Yes. They're delaying things. Uh-huh. They're making him do things that he doesn't want to do. They're, they're letting him have an experience also. Yeah. Uh, so the interview is delayed this first time because uh, he's feeling too truthful. Yes. But in reality, he's banging Penny Lane. Yes. He has a girlfriend, Russell does, and he doesn't want anybody to know that Penny Lane is part of his life. Right. They do a concert, and in this part of the concert, by the way, this is called the Almost Famous Tour of 1973. (laughs) Just wanted to get that out there before I forgot. But uh, Is that why they called it Almost Famous then? Probably. That's cute. Um, Is this where they end up in Tempe? Um, No, not yet. Okay. I forget where they are, but they're in a concert. Russell gets electrocuted. No, this is Tempe. Oh, is it? Yeah. And so I could have sworn that wasn't Tempe because they they left that place pretty abruptly. And then the next town they were in, they were in Tempe. No, they started in Tempe, Arizona. And uh, I'm thinking Topeka. Never mind. Yes, they start in Tempe. So, yes. And it's kind of funny because Elaine calls the hotel and uh, Sapphire answers. No, no, no. I thought this was where uh, the mom calls and freaks out the desk clerk. Did that not? Does that happen later? There's that when they first get to the hotel. Right. And Um, who's playing the desk clerk? I don't know. Eric Stone Street. Oh, that's right. Yeah. What's funny is From everyone. From Modern Family. Yeah. Everyone that has a phone conversation with Elaine. Yeah. They're like, she, she re- really freaked she me really out. She really freaked me out. It is so funny. It is. <laughs> it's just hilarious. It just goes to show she's a very intense mother. Right. But yeah, 
I've got down here that Sapphire says that we're looking out for him and you should be really proud of your son. Yeah. Which is and, hilarious and then she, she said, takes no solace in that. She said something silly like, oh, and this is the maid and hangs up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever. Uh, and so Russell has this moment also where he's like not wanting to talk. Yeah. Right? He says, just let look, make us look cool. And don't mention the girls, basically. Right. Because we all have girls. Right. So this electrocution thing that happens um, really happened to a band and the guitar player died. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, this yeah. happened in the 70s. You know, when, when they show this scene of him getting electrocuted, I was like, he shouldn't be back up. No. That looked bad. No, and they show him with his hand bandaged and whatnot. Yes. I know they that. also immediately leave. Sorry, I know you were talking there for a second. But they immediately leave the stage. Yeah, they're, they're gone. Yeah. And then they leave the entire concert without playing. And uh, the, the, the person running the show, played by Mark Marin. Yes! <laughs> um, he comes after them and even chases after them in a golf cart mm-hmm. trying, you know, as they're leaving on the bus and they bust through the gates, you know, and they're like, yeah, we're rock and roll. Probably not the best way to solve the problem. Right. Um, James Hetfield of Metallica had burns all over his hands mm. from a stage accident. Oh, really? And he was not able to play for much of that tour. They had a different guitar player. Oh, wow. And he Did just, he just do sang. singing? Yeah. Dave Grohl, he broke his leg in concert. Oh, I remember that. And uh, he finished the, the tour in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. He couldn't drum or anything. Right. Yeah. Meatloaf tore a vocal cord and wasn't able to sing at all for one of his tours. Oh, wow. So that tour was canceled. Yeah. Ozzy Osbourne has gotten the flu. Mm-hmm. You know, things happen in concert. This is almost like us watching Spinal Tap again in a, in a weird way. Yes. Uh, but it's it's not documentary style, and it's more set in reality, even though people who watch Spinal Tap that are in bands say, we all have a moment. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> so they leave Topeka. Yeah. Uh, they go to a, uh, th- no, they're in Topeka now. They leave Tempe. They're in Topeka. We, no, we just talked about the the uh, electrocution that happened in Topeka. Good lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not even gonna argue. I don't. I don't know where they are ever. But they're they're having a band meeting at some point in some random town, and. Uh, there's oh, t-shirts. The t-shirts arrive. This was in Topeka because he said, I want to meet Topeka people. Real people. They may not Topeka. have left Topeka, but they, they left the left. concert. They were in the concert hall when they were having their band meeting. I'm just saying, Topeka, wake up high school girls, need Russell interview before Greenville. They go to leave. Jason Lee at the gas stop. Elaine is the best mom to interview. William grabs the, the something. Okay. You take better notes than I do. Anyway, Russell wants to leave and uh, meet real people. I see what happened. It's in between Tempe and Topeka. Okay. But they have this thing about the shirts mm-hmm. where the shirt shows the band and it says Stillwater, but uh, the only person in focus is Russell. Yes. Big to-do there. Shirts are going back. One shirt is left, though. And you know William took that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he he took it and put it in his bag because that will be famous. It'll be worth something. And it's also, you know, evidence of part of his story. Yes. Yeah, Russell wants to leave. He goes to this party with a bunch of high school kids at this house party. Mm Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? You bring the lead guitarist, the the famous member, the most famous member of Stillwater. And he goes and he's drinking with them. He's having a good time. Yeah, he's trying to get over being angry at the band. Yeah. But at one point he starts drinking beer with acid in it. Um, Acid the drug, not acid the will eat you from the inside out. Well, yeah, that's bad. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, so acid is the beer in the red cups. He starts drinking, ends up on the roof, calls himself a golden god. Jumps that, in the pool. And, and jumps in the pool. <laughs> Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin, this is his story. Oh, jeez. He did this. <laughs> Later on, he doesn't even remember. He said, I'm a golden god. He goes, I didn't say I'm a golden god. I'm a golden god. And then he goes, and did like, I? Wait, I might have said that. <laughs> Well, when you're when you're tripping, you know, you don't know what you're doing. We cut a little later. Uh, they grab Russell. They're kind of, you know, mm-hmm. getting him down from the mountain, you know, ground control to Major Tom kind of <laughs> deal. You know what I'm saying? And Tiny Dancer's playing. Yeah, the mood was real somber. And then Tiny Dancer comes on and you start to see couple people mouthing the yeah. lyrics or swaying to the music you know bopping their hands yeah. and then the uh the uh, the bass player starts singing mm-hmm. and then jason lee starts singing singing penny lane, penny lane. Mm-hmm. everybody starts singing tiny dancer it's a real nice moment the band's back they're not breaking up yay i have a feeling though that this happens a lot because personalities are strong yeah, they're, well, we see on the plane a lot of yeah, stuff we, comes out. Yeah, we get but there. <laughs> it, it's interesting to the point where you know that the lead singer and who, I forget his name, is like Bebe or something like that. Jeff. I, Jeff. <laughs> Maybe his last name was it, Bebe or something it like is. that. It is, yeah. Um, and he wears. He wears his own t-shirt. No, no, no. Here's the thing. He's wearing a shirt, shirt that says Jeff Bebe, uh-huh. but the person on the shirt yeah. is Russell. Was it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that doesn't look like Jason Lee. <laughs> no, it's not. It was Russell. That's hilarious. Uh, Russell, I mean, Jason Lee wanted to not look like a dork in the movie. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to do a parody of a musician, so he watched a lot of this one band mm. and decided, that's my stance, that's how I'm going to look. I forget who sang the songs, but he lip synced them perfectly. Yeah. I do want to say that the concert stuff where you can barely hear the singer over the music, that's real. Yeah. Where you can almost kind of get the idea. It wasn't overly produced where you could hear it perfectly like it's yeah, an no, album. No. It sounded like a concert. Mm-hmm. So I liked that. Yeah. We cut to Francis McDormand teaching a class this girl <laughs> furiously taking notes and then she stops and she says rock stars have kidnapped my son <laughs> and i forget what else she said she was basically saying that uh she couldn't focus right and and she teaches philosophy or something and so the woman that's taking the notes furiously looks a little confused and then just goes back to writing. Yes. And I'm like, she's writing down rock stars have kidnapped her son and she thinks that's going to mean something uh-huh. or it's going to be on a test. <laughs> I've met, I mean, I was in college for a good chunk of last decade mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was, I met some people. William gets a call from Rolling Stone mm-hmm. and... uh the guy wants to know kind of what's going on, okay? Mm-hmm. What's going on is that, what is it? We don't know. Yeah. But he's got something. He says well, it's he looking calls, pretty good. He calls Lester, actually, for advice. Yeah. And Lester's like, tell him it's a think piece. Right. But this isn't where he told him that because, uh, no, it is. Yes, it is. It is. I just didn't get the part where they deflowered him. Yeah, that's that's next. Yeah. So, yeah, he's like, tell him what it is. And he's like, all right. He's in the bathtub trying to get all his notes together. And uh, he's got like post-it notes and scribbles of paper. He's trying to organize this stuff because he's got to write something. Yes. Something. Yes. It's easy to write, though. It really is. For certain people. Yeah, it it just is. I mean, I got A's on all of my papers and... uh, one shot, baby. Mm-hmm. Never really had to rewrite. That's good. But he's in the bath. Penny Lane just comes in, just squats down, yes. and takes a wee there, and he's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. She's like, what's the matter? He goes, well, I thought we'd get to know each other better before I watched you pee. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a weird thing to say, too. It is. It is. But, you know, he's a teenager who's thinking about 
what life would be like with her later. Yeah, absolutely. But this whole time, you can hear the girls in the other room. Yeah. And they'd already decided they're going to deflower William. Yeah, they were just in there, and they're bored, and they're like, what are we going to do? And they're like, we could deflower the boy. Uh (laughs) All right. (laughs) So he's talking to Penny Lane, and he's, like, really wanting to know what he can possibly do to get Russell to do the interview. Can she help him? Mm -hmm. She says she can, but he's difficult and blah, 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 whatever. And then the girls bust open the door and they're like, we're coming for you, virgin boy. (laughs) And they grab him and they rape him. I don't think it's necessarily rape, but they, they definitely heavily influence him. What's awesome about this scene though, is what I was kind of talking about earlier. And a pack went in her underwear. No, 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 no. There's an intense close-up of just his eyes and Penny's eyes. Yeah. And they're looking at each other while the girls are undressing him. Yeah. You know, and then Penny leaves. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, I guess this is happening. Yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, they, they go on to the next scene. Right. And the next scene is him waking up. Rolling Stone is called. And he's talking to Sapphire answers the phone. Because that's her job, I guess. She's a secretary. Yes. Um, And so he gets the phone. He's talking to the guy. And he wrote down on his hand, it's a think piece, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And this is where the guy says, we may have a good story here. Their their sales are going up. Mm -hmm. So we're thinking cover. Mm -hmm. And they want an extra thousand words An extra thousand words. Which is, by the way, it's just like two pages. Oh, yeah. So, it's it's interesting that he's gone from some dude in high school to big rock star journalist guy yes. in a span of a couple months, mm-hmm. and he is way over his head. And he hasn't written a thing yet. No. And so, he has to do the girl's laundry? Yeah. Yeah. He, they're like, take her laundry, and it's like, what am I to you? Yeah. And then you see see him taking the laundry. Yeah. It's funny. And so he tries to knock on Russell's door. Yeah, go away. Yeah, which it's kind of funny because he'd done this before and there's always a do not disturb. Well, one time William had flipped it for the maid to come in. So the do not disturb is now duct Duct taped taped. to his door. Yeah. So that that is funny. But he flips off the door and yes. then he sits down and he cries. Yeah. Which uh, he's fifteen. I understand it's emotional for him. It, it's frustrating. Yes. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of pressure for him to get this done. And he's trying to still get home. He needs to go home because he needs to do his tests and graduate. He wants to show up to graduation. And he wants to make he wants to write this piece. Eventually they get to Cleveland. Yeah, they he gets to Cleveland. And uh, it's a good show. Cameron Crowe's favorite scene is in Cleveland. Is it because Kate Hudson's boobs? No. It, it's her. <laughs> well, no. It's because when, where she's dancing alone in yes. that trash filled oh, room. Uh-huh. And uh, he just loves that scene. Okay. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Russell talks to Elaine here. Yeah. So he's talking to his mother, Rob. William is talking to his mother, and Russell thinks, oh, I'm just going to be the cool guy. And, hey, Mrs. Whatever, Mm -hmm. we're taking good care of your son. And she just starts in on him. Yes. And you see his face go from cocky to serious. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. Okay. And he hangs up. He goes, your mom just freaked me out, man. (laughs) And he's visibly still shaken by this phone call. When they go to get out on stage. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. Yeah. In fact, he mentions it again, I think. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, your mom, she's something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she really is. He goes out. They do their show. Uh, they come back, and they find out that they're going to have a new manager. Yeah, the studio sent a big-time manager. Yeah. And we get another big name here. Yeah, it's Jimmy Fallon mm-hmm. of the Jimmy Fallon Show with the Tonight's. Yeah, I think that's what that's called. That's what it's called. <laughs> uh, at this point, he was just uh, he was Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Guy. Oh yeah. And uh, he, he's he, pretty famous. He he had done movies, a couple of them. Okay. But not to the point where 
he could leave Saturday Night Live. Oh, no. Mm-mm. So this is his first movie role that I noticed him in. Mm-hmm. His name is Dennis Hope, and he's got plans. He wants them to ditch the bus. Yeah, ditch Doris. And get on a plane. You can do more cities flying. Absolutely. Which is true. But there were quite a few accidents with planes. Ban- it, it, it's, a couple. It's like bad luck. Yeah, uh, <laughs> what was it? Well, the bu- Buddy the, Holly well, the Buddy and Holly the Big thing. Popper, you know. But, and uh, then uh, Leonard Skinner. Yes, that's the other one I was yeah. thinking of. Um, pro wrestlers Ric Flair and uh, the Masked Wrestler 2 or Mr. Wrestling 2 and some others. Oh, yeah. They crashed on a plane. Mm-hmm. Ric Flair was one of a handful of survivors in that. That's an, an um, amazing. The guy sitting next to him died. Aw. Yeah. He got a broken back. Wow. I mean, things happen in planes in the 70s. This happened in the 70s mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Safety has improved a lot. Since yeah. this time. Yeah. And these are smaller planes, I mean, too. You know? Aaliyah, was that her name? She died in an airplane accident. Oh, yeah. She was supposed to do the vampire yeah. uh, queen. Queen of the Damned. Yeah. And uh, she, and she wasn't able she to. Passed she passed away. Yeah. She became that was a, late Aaliyah. That was a huge loss to the music industry at that point. Yeah. She was, she was really up and coming. Yeah, that stuff happens. I wrote down the plane ride to hell. But that doesn't happen yet, because in parentheses I said not yet. <laughs> uh, but we do get to see the plane. Somebody sings Peggy Sue for a second. Uh, I think it was Russell. Yeah. Yeah. And that was not a good thing to do. <laughs> Penny and William have a, a, another conversation here, and he's he, William is visibly more and more frustrated. As the trip goes yeah. on, and he tells Penny, there is no Morocco. Wake up. Yeah, this is where I put down William brings Penny Lane to Earth. Yes. Because she talks about Morocco. Oh, funny story about that first time they talk about Morocco. Mm-hmm. She goes, we should go to Morocco. You should come. And she goes, do you want to come with me? And he goes, yes. <laughs> and he says, ask me again. And she goes, do you want to come with me? And he goes, yes. <laughs> and even more excited. Uh-huh. So... The true story is uh, the kid who played William. Yes. He was directing himself at that point, and he wanted that to be cut and. Oh, that's funny. Do another take. Yes. So Cameron liked the like the interaction. They didn't break character. Oh, that's fun. So he left fun. it in. I like that. Rolling Stone calls him again. Now, to their credit, they have to stay on top of this. Oh yeah. This is a big piece. This is going to be a make it or break it piece. Mm-hmm. He needs notes for for his fact checker to confirm stuff. Right. And uh, he says, you can send it on a mojo. What's a mojo? I'll tell you what a mojo is. It's a old school tech fax machine. Basically. And he says, it could get a whole page done in 18 minutes. I know. I was like, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> So, but he never does that. He never. No, he doesn't. He doesn't do anything he's supposed to do. No. During this interaction with with Penny and William, though, this is where he has been at the poker scene. Oh, yeah. He he saw his, the groupies get gambled away. Gambled off. And it's partially because they're going to be going to New York next. Yeah. And that's where William's girlfriend is. That's where, yeah. Not William. Russell's Russell's. girlfriend. Mm Mm-hmm. So... None of the girls can be there. No. And Penny decides she she's stay. going anyway. Yeah. She may and, not be able to travel with them, but she's going. When when earlier on when we were at the when we were at the riot house, we met up with Jay Burchill's character. Yes. This rambling kid uh-huh. who is obviously on something, don't know what. Mm-hmm. But he follows Led Zeppelin around. He knows everything about them. He knows where they're stopping. He does math for some reason. He's in New York, mm-hmm. and he comes up to William, and he tells William, you know, she's at this hotel under this name, uh, Miss Penny Lane, and he bows, mm-hmm. and he goes, thank you, and he just walks away. Yeah, yeah, he he's a funny interjection. Yeah. We meet his girlfriend, or uh, Russell's girlfriend. Uh-huh. And, nice girl. And, yeah, and they're, they have a good interaction. They, She, she hugs uh, Jeffrey. 
Mm-hmm. Um, which should have been foreshadowing, but we're dumb. And then we go to a dinner. Yes. Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable dinner. Yeah, they're having this talk, and then uh, William says, "Hey, I'm I'm going to uh, tell you guys something that's really important." Mm-hmm. Nobody's paying attention to him. Right. We also see that Penny Lane is there. She's making eyes at Russell. Russell's girlfriend notices. Mm-hmm. She goes, "Who's that girl with?" The rest of the band. They all say the same thing. Me. Me. She's uh-huh. with me. So obviously. That's a clue. Yes. She knows. Yeah. She's smarter than that. But uh, the manager, the old manager, which is the current manager. I guess the manager has a manager. Yes. Whatever. He goes up to her, whispers something in her ear. She looks visibly upset. She's staring daggers at Russell the whole time. And then she's told to leave. Yeah. And she tries to fight it a little. Yeah. But before that... They did say, he, he William did get out that yes. they're going to be on the cover of Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Lee sings, I'm going to be on the cover of a Rolling Stone. Yes. That's really him singing. Oh, was it? Yeah. Um, he actually sings in that and when they sing Tiny Dancer uh-huh. and something else later on. But the Stillwater stuff, uh-huh. some other dude. So, yeah, um, William takes off after Penny Lane. Yes. And it's a good thing he does. Right. He knows where she's going. Yes. He just wanted to catch her before that. Mm-hmm. There's a small cameo in this part of the scene that I'm going to say his name wrong, so I'm not even going to say his name. Uh, he opens a cab door and there's a man sitting there mm-hmm. reading a paper dressed real nice. Yeah, that's the actual creator of Rolling Stone magazine. Oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> so he got he got himself a cameo in this movie that's as well. That's fun. Yeah, so he goes to the apart or not the apartment, the hotel. the hotel room, which is a huge hotel room, by the way. It's a oh, yeah. suite. Yeah, these these girls live high. Yeah, they they have to be making some kind of cash. I don't even think they're making cash. I think they just get comped rooms because of the bands. Oh, that's possible. That is possible. I don't know, but she's drinking wine, and she's not looking well. Mm-hmm. And she's taken quaaludes. Yes. William has uh, inspected the room and found that bottle. Now, quaaludes are a sleeping aid, I believe. Okay. I don't know. They're prescription. Yes. It's like profofofol. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a sleeping aid. He was really smart in thinking. If you drink with a sleeping aid, there's a good chance that your heart might slow down all the way to zero. Well, also... He doesn't know how many she's taken of these either. Right. She could have taken a whole bottle. And she passes out. But it's it's really smart of him to notice that, call down, fake, hey, my wife had an accident. Right. And uh, and then try and keep her awake. Exactly. You know, he's he's kind of dragging her he's around. dragging her around. You know, he's got her upright. Trying to keep her awake. Um, Luckily, the doctor busts in. Yeah. With a, a, he does someone. sexually assault her. Oh, by kissing her? Yeah. 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 That's kiss without consent, baby. It is. Go to jail for that. They save Penny Lane. They pump her stomach. She throws up in a tub. It's an uncomfortable scene. Yeah. Um, You don't see her vomit, of course. But, you know, you see her fighting. You see her uh, her feet writhing around a bit. You know, know it's an intense. It's, It's... you're seeing, it, you're seeing it from the perspective of William, not from yes. the perspective of the alien in the room, yes. which we usually are yes. in these movies. So, Penny goes home. Well, first, Penny and William take a stroll. Yeah. You know. And we learn Penny Lane's Penny's real name, name mm-hmm. which is Lady. Yes. Uh, Lady Goodman. Yes. So, that's a dumb name. It's almost like when you find out that the bride's name is Beatrix Kiddo, and I'm like, ugh. Yeah. This is terrible. Who wrote that crap? Oh, yeah, my favorite director of all time. (laughs) He misses his graduation. His mother goes there. You know she's going to lord that over him. so sad. (laughs) She claps really hard for him, though. Penny Lane goes home, and then we take the plane ride to hell. Yes. They're flying. They're kind of arguing. Everybody's mad. Mm-hmm. 
Then turbulence. turbulence hits. Somebody sings another couple bars of Peggy Sue. And then one person says, whoa, baby. Because <laughs> the Big Bopper died on that thing, too. If the Big Bopper hadn't been on that plane, nobody heard of him anyway. Yeah. The guy, he sang one song about telephones, and it's terrible. <laughs> I grew up with that crap. I know, I know. I hate it. I know. So it's confession time, basically. Everybody yeah. thinks they're going to die. Everybody's The pilots die. are like, we're going to try and land in this field. In Mississippi. Yeah. Is that what yeah. it was? Mississippi? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, this isn't going to end well. No. <laughs> Plane's shaking. People are crying. The... The new manager, Jimmy Fallon, said he hit a guy once in, in Kansas. Yeah, doesn't know if he's okay or doesn't not. Doesn't know if he lived or died. And people are like, holy crap, what the hell? We find out that uh, that Jeff is in love with Russell's, uh, Russell's girlfriend, girlfriend. And they had slept together. Yeah. Russell and says he loved everybody. Yeah, and then they're like, nobody loves you. Yeah. Yeah. And like nobody likes him. And then we also find he also tells the girlfriend that Russell's been sleeping with Penny the whole tour. And it's just like, oh. And And then then, William goes crazy and says a bunch of crap. And I can't remember all that he says. And then the drummer, uh, who's been clutching rosary beads, by the way, clutching rosary beads, wasn't he? Shouts out that he's gay. William was telling them what happened to Penny. Basically. Oh yeah, 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 and that. But yeah, uh, he he says he's gay, and then classic. Everything goes right. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everybody's like, just kind of looking at him. He's like, oh, <laughs> I could have waited another minute. <laughs> oh, and so no one's happy. They all get off the plane. They think they're gonna break up. Yeah, they're walking through the terminal, and it just looks awkward. Yes. Like everybody knows something now. William William's trying to stay in front of uh Russell. Mm-hmm. He gets sick and then afterwards he runs and he gets back up near Jeff. Yeah. You know, and he's walking. And this is where I think he just goes, I'm I'm done. Right. And so he hangs back. Russell notices he hangs back and they have an interesting interaction and Russell's like Write what you want. Exactly. So he writes the story and the band's visibly mad. Yes. They're back the on the bus, checker, by the way. Yeah. The the fact checker uh, is like, you, you, the li- band you lied everything. about everything. Yeah. You, this was a waste of time. And I'm like, poor kid. <laughs> yeah. And he's back in uh, California at this point, yes. too. Yes. Just uh bring everybody back to where we are he's back in california so he's home essentially but the band hates him they're mad they deny the facts basically russell denies the facts mm-hmm. and william loses the cover rolling stone probably paid him half or if anything i know that they paid for his room service Yes, they paid. They paid for like everything that was on the tab. Hundred dollars in room service uh-huh, bills. Uh-huh. Well, you know, he's traveled the entire country at this yeah. point. Who knows how long it's really been? Right. So at this point, he runs into his sister at the airport, who yes. is a stewardess. Yes, she looks adorable. By yes. the way, yes, it's Zoe Deschanel. She's just gonna do that. Yeah, but the outfits are really cute. Yeah, and she's like. I can call off work. We can have an adventure, you know. We'll go anywhere you want. Anywhere you want. And so he takes her home. (laughs) Yeah. Next scene, on the doorstep. She doesn't look happy. But there's a great little interaction here between beautiful interaction. Yeah. You know, William, like, pushes the mother to to With his suitcase, he pushes her. I love it. And then he goes to his room, puts on a do not disturb, and goes to sleep. Mm Mm-hmm. He's just happy to be in his own bed. Yeah. And I know that feeling. I love that feeling. Yeah. And it's really nice to see that the mother and daughter. Reconcile. Reconcile. She says, I forgive you. And and Zoe, (laughs) Anita, she goes, I didn't apologize for anything. (laughs) So it's still that dynamic, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's something that she needs. Yes. Because she stays. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she did stay. She moves back home. I don't know if she necessarily moved back home. It's a home, year later but... and she lives there. 
Is it a year later? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it had been a year later. Uh, the next time we see her, and and still, you know, when uh-huh. Russell does the whole ending, yeah, she's still okay. there. Okay. On the uh, No More Airplanes tour. Yes. So, they cut to Stillwater, and Sapphire's telling Russell how everyone knows what he did to William. Yes. Everybody, and she's like, is is Penny okay? And she goes, oh, the drug thing? Yeah, she's fine, blah, blah, blah. So, time has passed. Yes. Because there's a new group of Band-Aids. Yes. And, uh... And they eat all the steak. They eat all the steak. What a bunch of uh, ingrates. <laughs> I love Sapphire. She's great. So we find out that uh, Russell calls Penny. Yes. And she doesn't even say anything. It could have been anybody on that other line. Oh, she I never know. says hello. She just answers. Yes. And he says, I need to make it right. I need to see you. I'll come to you I'll this time. I'll come to you this time. Exactly. And she goes, she pulls out her address book and she goes, you got a pen? Mm-hmm. And she gives him an address. So he goes up to the house, gets there, goes up to the house. He's got a bag packed. Yeah. He thinks he's going to be spending the night with her at least. Right. And uh, Francis McDormand answers the door. And you find out, oh, Penny's smart. Yeah. Penny wanted Russell and William to reconcile. Mm-hmm. Or at least for Russell. To make it right. To make it right. Mm-hmm. So he comes in. He's like, "Is is she here?" And he's, she's like, "Who, Anita?" Mm-hmm. And he goes, <laughs> "Goes, uh, where am I? Where am I?" And he sees pictures on the wall. Suddenly, he's uh-huh. cluing in, and he smiles. Mm-hmm. And she leads him to William's room. Yeah, she says, "I something along the lines of, I, I knew you'd be." Uh, become a better man or something yeah yeah Yeah. so thank you penny lane but uh he find william finally gets that interview yes and it's a good interview apparently Mm -hmm. and russell makes it right with rolling stone yes and so that story gets out there Uh and then uh the no more airplanes tour Mm -hmm. uh they show still water on the cover of rolling stone and Penny Lane going to Morocco. And a happy family dinner. A happy everybody's, family dinner. Everybody's happy yeah. at the end. And that's credits. Yeah. I love this movie. It's really good. This movie makes you laugh. It makes you tear up in, in certain areas. Mm-hmm. It gives you hope. Yeah. There's a lot of music. So, you know, it's, you it's, kind, of, around a little bit. it's kind of a weird theme that I have going on is that music is important in movies. In this movie, it is almost a main character. Mm -hmm. I keep forgetting how much I love this movie. We own the movie. Yes. But we saw it on Hulu. So let's get down to who did you like the most? Uh, Elaine is my favorite character. Yeah. I'm going to say Philip Seymour Hoffman. Makes sense. Uh, The wise sage. Mm Mm-hmm. I um, always love the real, seeing him in a movie. The real Lester Bangs died of a drug overdose. That makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. Sadly, Philip Seymour Hoffman also died of a drug overdose. Yes, he did. Um, I remember reading a story. The person said, Philip Seymour Hoffman walked up to me, said, Hi, I'm Philip Seymour Hoffman, and I'm on heroin. And that was the last anybody saw of him. Oh, my. So, he was having trouble. Mm-hmm. Addiction is a real thing. Yeah. But he was my favorite character in this. In any movie that he was in, except for maybe Twister, because I really can't stand that movie. He's one of the only reasons to watch the movie. He's one of the fun parts of the movie. Yes. There's several movies that I like to watch that aren't good. Yeah. Because, A, I don't have to pay attention to them. Right. B, there's enough parts in the movie that I find entertaining enough to put on. Mm-hmm. And C... I just like some crappy movies sometimes. I I could watch Twister, the first Independence Day, um, uh, The Wedding Singer, which is actually a good movie. The Wedding Singer is a good movie. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I could watch some of those just on repeat. Yeah. And and not have to really pay attention. Right. Because there's entertaining enough bits. Yeah, I just can't watch Twister. That movie just (laughs) drives me friggin' crazy. It's because of Bill Paxton. 
It's not and just that, him. That and, and the ridiculousness and the, of the tornado. The tornado like, growling being at people. a character. Yeah. Yes. I hated that. We live so, in the South. If a tornado's doing that, we're run. all we're all you know in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, who is your least favorite character? Um, I really can't decide on if I really had a character I didn't really like. Yeah. I thought all of the acting was really superior, actually, in this movie. Uh-huh. So I, I don't think I disliked anybody, really. You know, I'm thinking about it, and I can't think of anything either. Yeah. Like, it, even the villains the girls, were good people. Yeah, like, like you're kind of supposed to not like Jason Lee's character. Yeah. But you get him. You understand oh, where he's coming from. And he's an amazing actor that got stuck in a movie that... He wasn't really the lead character, but he treated it like he was the lead exactly. character. Which is probably the how he used it in the band scenes as well. Yeah. Because as a lead singer, you want to be front and center. Right. You have the ego for that. Mm-hmm. And he's constantly being sidestepped for Russell. Right. So, yeah, I, I would say we're on it. Music was awesome. I can't tell you. There's 50, there's 50 something songs. Yeah. In this movie. Yeah, there's there's a ton. And if you love music, you will love the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah the soundtrack is beautiful. So, anyway, that's the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Kate Hudson's favorite movie she ever did. It looked like it was probably a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, she, she loves this movie. She talks about it to this day. She doesn't do much acting anymore, I guess, but she has, like, products that she created. Yeah. So... She's Goldie Hawn's daughter. You know, when you're when you're born with money, you're just going to learn how to make more money. Oh, yeah. From that money. That when you're not sense. born with money, you, you stay acting until you die. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Anyway, this has been Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. We'd like you to follow us on Facebook. We are Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. We'd like you to follow us on Twitter. We are at Fun Time Movies 1. That is Fun Time Movies and the number one. Well, you can listen to us on many platforms, but we like to talk about Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. One day we will be on Pandora. It's the, the holiday season, and I'm sure that they're like, we don't care. Right. <laughs> Maybe eventually. I mean, we they put said in it our was going to be at weeks, you know. Yeah. So, and it was October when I I applied maybe, for maybe that. Pandora is just like two guys in a basement just going, yeah, we like this band, yeah, we like this band too, <laughs> you know. Maybe it's that. Maybe, maybe I don't know. You never know. Anyway, we have been happy fun time movie hour. We're tired. You're tired. You don't want to listen to me. <laughs> so go watch a movie. <laughs>